Good morning and welcome to the first episode of CCT Live. This is the new Cape Cod Times Facebook Live news broadcast. We're going to bring this to you every Thursday from 9 a.m. in the morning until about 9.20. I'm Patrick Cassidy. I'm the news editor at the Cape Cod Times and I'll be joined by a reporter every week, uh, at least a reporter and maybe some newsmakers in the future. This week I'm joined by reporter Madeline List, who's our court and uh, crime reporter. Um, and she uh, is doing this on top of her regular duties, which is waking up every morning, calling all the police and fire departments, checking websites, you know, making sure that nothing happened overnight that we need to know so that you can know it as well. Um, before we get started, we're gonna, I'm going to go through a little bit about the format here so that you know it going forward. We'll do a rundown to start with of some of the week's top stories, three or four stories, and, and we'll talk about those in brief. You can follow along uh, with all these at the Cape Cod Times website, capecodtimes.com. You can go and Google Cape Cod Times and whatever the story is we're doing or go directly to the website. You can also follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all those great photos that the photographers are out getting as well. We'll start each uh, CCT Live with about 10 minutes of that rundown, and then we'll move to what we'll call the big story. It's the story of the week that we think that readers are most interested in and, and talking about the most. We'll talk about that for about five minutes, and then we'll take a look ahead at uh, what's coming up for the weekend, and that's the general format. So let's get started here, um, and we'll start with an ending, so to speak. The Olympics wrapped up uh, on Sunday with the closing ceremony, and for folks locally here, that was a big deal. Um, I know I was watching every night when I got home. I was watching all sorts of sports. Madeline, did you have a favorite sport during the Olympics that you were watching, or were you watching? I guess is the yeah, thing. the Winter Olympics aren't really my thing. Cause I'm not a huge sports fan, and I don't really like the cold. So that, those are two things yeah, you would need to, to little, like. Right, it's a little tough, but I do actually like to watch the figure skating. And I have a favorite figure skater. He's a Japanese skater, and his good luck charm is Winnie the Pooh. So when he's done with his skating, all his fans throw Winnie the Pooh stuffed toys out onto the ice, and I just think that's really cool. He is a phenomenon. I was watching some of what he was doing, and people love him, especially in Japan, his home country, but I think he, he uh, tugged at the heartstrings of a lot of people around the world, and he really did very well, and there were a lot of great figure skaters out there. But there was also a local Olympian, Mike Trapp, who uh, is a snowboarder, and that's close to my heart. I, I like snowboarding. Uh, he comes from uh, our area. He's a sandwich resident, and he uh, is actually a mechanic in Hyannis. He went to Barnstable High School. But on the side, if you can even say that, considering how much work he had to put in, he was also training uh, to be a snowboarder. <clears throat> and his specialty is um, the, uh, I think it's the giant slalom, the parallel giant slalom. And if anybody doesn't know how that works, these two snowboarders go down right next to each other. Um, he, uh, I think, was a long shot to begin with and went into it with really the right attitude. We have a lot of stories on our website, and if you Google Mike Trapp and Cape Cod Times, you can find any of those about what he did to prepare. Um, but he was a long shot, and in his first run down, he got knocked off the course by the guy on the, the, other, the other course, and, and it really is interesting to see the two go down. He got to run again. Um, you get two runs, really, officially. Uh, but he didn't qualify to move on, and that was all on Saturday. I think his qualifying run had gotten pushed off. So Mike did not move on, but I think a lot of people here on on Cape Cod were really proud of him, and that showed, and he seemed to really take it all in stride and have a really good time. And we actually had a photo um, from the AP on the front page of Monday's paper that had him taking a selfie in, during the closing ceremonies with Esther Ledecka, who was one of the real stars of the Olympics. So you can check that out, and you can check up, out a bunch of other stuff about Mike on our website. Um, moving on, uh, we had a, a busy week uh, for uh, news about uh, a proposal to uh, have exploration and drilling go on offshore of New England. 
Um, and this uh, raised a lot of hackles here on the Cape. There were a lot of people um, in the tourism industry and the environmentalists who were uh, upset about this. And on Monday at the New England Aquarium, uh, it was uh, Senator Edward Markey held a meeting and, and a lot of people from the Cape went to that. There was Wendy Northcross, who's the CEO of the Cape Cod Chamber of Commerce. There was Andrew Gottlieb, who's the executive director of the Association to Preserve Cape Cod, which is uh, the largest kind of environmental organization out here on the Cape. So they went to this meeting on Monday at the New England Aquarium. That was in advance of a meeting that was supposed to take place the next day. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but basically, they went to this meeting as kind of a counter meeting to that that meeting the next day, which Markey uh, was calling a sham because he he didn't like the uh, setup of that meeting. And Madeline, maybe you can talk a little bit about that second meeting on Tuesday and what happened there. And it was pretty colorful. Yeah, people from the Cape, um, a bunch of people went up in a bus together and they were dressed in some pretty funky costumes. Uh, there was somebody dressed as a lobster, somebody else dressed as a great white shark. You know, they really wanted to make a statement with what they were wearing. And, you know, a lot of people held signs and things like that. Um, so this meeting was like an open house style meeting, which has um, various booths that are staffed by experts you know, and other people who can answer people's questions. And there was also a bank of laptops where people could go and submit comments um, that they have about this draft five-year program that's been put out by the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. And I think, you know, people from the Cape just really wanted to express that they're not open to this idea of, you know, opening up Cape waters to um, gas and oil exploration. I think people are really concerned about how, you know, the exploration could affect marine life, especially the North Atlantic right whales, um, which are endangered and, you know, their populations have been declining recently. And I think that's a major concern for people. Yeah, and, and the North Atlantic right whales are obviously a big deal around here. They come to Cape Cod Bay every year and it's really quite a show. And we have a lot of reporting uh, that we've done, uh, various reporters here at the Cape Cod Times, and we're going to have a lot of reporting coming up on that. Uh, drilling advocates obviously have a different take on it. They argue that there's, you know, billions of dollars uh, in, in oil and gas reserves out there, and this type of drilling would spur investments and, and be a good thing for the economy. But it's always that balance uh, that uh, the federal government has to look at. And, and clearly, this administration is, is looking towards more exploration and more drilling from the sounds of it. And I just will point out that I think there were two guys dressed as lobsters at this thing, which, if you can believe it or not, and somebody dressed as a white shark and all sorts yeah. of other things. So uh, exactly. They have a, they're having a lot of fun with their protesting. Um, uh, but they were, as you said, uh, making a point, and part of their point was the fact that that open house style meeting, they didn't feel like it gave people the ability to express themselves and, and express their emotions and hear from each other as you might hear uh, at a public hearing. Um, you know, something like happened with the controversial Cape Wind uh, uh, debate where people would line up, and I, I went to many of those hearings where people would line up, somebody would get up with a boom box and sing a song, and there were all sorts of things going on at those hearings. So this was their way of, of countering that. I think they also went into the uh, uh, to the meeting itself, where they were meeting, like you said, with the people who had the informational boost, and there were really some somewhat comical images from that, where somebody would be dressed in a costume and talking to this federal uh, official who's trying to be fairly serious and, and that kind of juxtaposition was interesting to see in, in the photographs that came out of that. Um, and moving on a little more local here uh, on Hyannis, uh, we had a, a vote that took place uh, I think on Tuesday about the Hyannis Business Improvement District um, and uh, what happened in that vote, Madeline, if you, if you can say. 
Yeah, the, um, they voted to renew the Business Improvement District for five years. Um, this district is a group of property owners on in the Main Street District, and they all pay an assessment fee, and that means that they can all you know vote and, and finance kind of added services that can help their businesses. Um, some things that the Hyannis Business Improvement District has done is um, an open streets event where they close off Main Street and people can you know walk up and down and they have music and events and that's kind of a boost to local businesses. Um, they've also done the Father's Day car show and they've done other you know, initiatives like advocating for community police officers to patrol during the busy season. Um, but this vote was a little controversial. Uh, there was one pretty outspoken business owner who's against um, the Business Improvement District. She says that it kind of closes out small businesses because of this assessment fee that they have to pay. And um, you know, she kind of wanted to relook at those votes that were cast. Yeah, and, and the vote, when you look at the, the tally that they came up with, 35 to 28, seemed pretty close. Uh, the argument some of the business improvement uh, district folks would make, uh, who were the officials there, would say, well, there were these 19 other votes, most of which were in favor, so that disparity would have been a little greater, except that those are the votes that this uh, business owner was, was contesting. Um, one thing I thought was interesting at the end of this story uh, that was written by Jeff Spillane, um, it, it quoted a, a business owner who had been against the bid in previous years and now says he's for it, says he, he really feels it's uh, important for them to have an advocate, and that's what the Business Improvement District does for some of these businesses out there. So uh, probably not an issue that's going to go away anytime soon, but at least for the next five years, I think the Business Improvement District, which again, they use this fee to, to do certain things and to supplement kind of the things that are already being done by the town. Uh, on Main Street uh, for at least the next five years, it'll be going forward. So, um, and now we're going to move on to the big story, as I as I had talked about earlier. Um, and you know, it's hard to look around the country, the state, and and on Cape Cod and not uh, see the obvious, which is the big story is the uh, fallout from the school shooting in Florida uh, a week or so ago. Um, and on Cape Cod, there there was you know uh, some general uh, reaction, and then there was some specific things that happened. Uh, and Madeline, you covered one of these stories, which was uh, a a threat that was reported at least uh, on Monday at one of our local schools. What happened there? Yeah, arriving um, parents and students at Cape Cod Te uh, Regional Technical High School on Monday morning were diverted away uh, by police officers who had to temporarily close the building and evacuate some students um, because of a, a threat that was reported to them. It turned out to not actually be a threat. Uh, what happened was a couple of students on a school bus were discussing a previous threat and their discussion was interpreted um, by a school bus official as a new threat. Um, but the original threat was reported over February break, and police investigated that, and they determined it to be non-credible. Um, but the student who was accused of making that threat is not going to be allowed to return to school until an assessment is completed by mental health professionals. Um, so the, the police conducted a sweep of the school, and when they were done, they allowed you know, students to, and staff to come back in. And I think everyone was back in the school. Classes were going by 8.15 in the morning. So it wasn't too much of a disruption of the day, but it just kind of shows how everyone's a little bit you know, on edge after what's been going on. Certainly, and, and you bring up the mental health assessment, and that's been a big part of the conversation. Obviously, uh, you know, increased gun control has been another part of the conversation, and one of the things that came up was this idea directly from the president of arming teachers, um, and we had a story written by uh, Cynthia McCormick about that idea, um, and what has the reaction been locally uh, to that from, from that story? 
Yeah, locally, it sounds like there's not a lot of support for that idea, especially among school officials and teachers, and even you know a couple of school resource officers. Some issues people have with that, they're, they're just concerned that there might be accidents that could happen just by having more guns in the school environment. There could be you know, collateral damage. Some people say, you know, they think teachers wouldn't have the proper training or experience to respond to something like a mass shooting. Um, you know, so a lot of people just kind of said, you know, we want less guns in schools instead of more. And a statewide teachers group was saying that they would advocate for more gun control and having more student counselors in school to just kind of help students deal with issues, deal with, you know, anger or, or whatever they might be going through. And, and here in Massachusetts, there's, there's some of the strictest uh, gun control laws in the country. Um, and again, that reaction from local teachers, uh, but it, it's been interesting to watch across the country. There are some places where they say teachers are already able to have you know, concealed weapons in, in uh, classrooms. And I think uh, it's interesting to see that, that difference uh, in other parts of the country versus here, again, where there's fairly strict gun control laws. But the debate has gone on here uh, about what to do about school security. And again, when students came back to different schools on Monday, uh, there were differences in what they found. And there were also uh, notes sent out by superintendents. Um, and, and what were some of those differences that, that uh, school uh, officials and police were, were doing? Yeah, well, at um, Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School, the school resource officer there greeted students in full police uniform. He said that sometimes he would wear general, you know, plain clothes, but now, from now on, he's going to always wear his police uniform. So that was a change there. Um, over the break, some police departments walked through their local schools to just kind of, you know, re-familiarize themselves with the format. Um, some superintendents said they're going to have increased security cameras on school properties you know, make more student counselors available to kind of help students who may be afraid, you know, after what's been going on in the country. So I think everybody's had some sort of reaction to this. That's certainly the case. Um, and, and again, Bay State officials have been talking about this gun control issue as well and, and, and working through it. I think you had checked in on that earlier and, and some of the reaction to this gun control debate. And what did you find during your reporting on that? Yeah, absolutely. Massachusetts kind of has a history of responding to these mass shootings with legislation. Um, it was, I think, two years after the Sandy Hook massacre uh, that the state passed a sweeping bill with a lot of different, you know, types of gun reform, like beefing up the background checks, adding new firearms crimes, enhancing sentences for existing crimes, things like that. Um, after the shooting in Las Vegas, uh, Massachusetts was the first state in the country to ban bump stocks. Um, so, you know, the state definitely has a history of, kind of responding to these issues. And now, you know, I think um, Governor Charlie Baker was talking about how he hopes that the federal government may follow in the footsteps of Massachusetts by implementing some of these you know, added securities, especially for people purchasing guns. Yeah, and, and obviously here on the Cape, we also have a lot of hunters and, and uh, firearms enthusiasts, and, and I know uh, you've spoken to, to many of them about uh, their reaction to this, and obviously they have a different take on it, and, and they're worried about Second Amendment rights being infringed upon, and there's this whole debate about the Second Amendment and what it really means. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out going forward. It's certainly a, a story that's going to continue, and we're going to continue to cover it. And any of those stories, again, on, on the issue, you can find at the capecuttimes.com uh, website. Um, now we'll move on uh, a little bit here to what, what could be the big story coming up next week if we look back on it at that point. But 
uh, over the course of this uh, beginning of this week, we've been hearing about a storm that's expected to hit us here on the Cape and and New England more generally and, and other parts of Massachusetts. Um, and, you know, we're used to big coastal storms here on the Cape. Uh, this one I know I was looking at yesterday and it, it seemed like there was more to it than than uh, kind of your typical nor'easter, if you will. Um, you you talked to a meteorologist, I think, yesterday and, and did some other reporting on it. What What did they say? Yeah, well, the meteorologist I talked to called this a deadly combination. So we're going to have an astronomical high tide, you know, extremely high seas, strong winds from the northeast, heavy rain, so it is just kind of everything. Um, she said we could see moderate to major coastal flooding, which could lead to some serious beach erosion. It's going to be mostly the outer cape and kind of the northern uh, coastline that's going to be affected. Um, this storm is supposed to really start on Friday morning, though it'll kind of, it'll kind of start to see some of it Thursday night but she said the brunt of it is gonna be happening through Friday and possibly through Saturday until the afternoon. Um, and, and we've got, as you said, a number of high tides going on there. I think more or less midday tomorrow, a little bit before noon tomorrow, and then the next uh, people follow their tide cycles would be kind of middle of the night sort of thing. And then again, uh, about uh, midday on Saturday and that full moon and those astronomical high tides uh, will be combined, as you said, with these other things, including what was going to be rain. And I've seen some reports today about different parts of the state, whether it's going to be rain or snow or what's going to happen. So it's kind of still in flux as to what exactly is going to happen with this storm. I think one thing that seems to have been consistent is kind of the uh, high waves um, off the coast and not very far off the coast. A lot of times when these storms come in, you get, you know, a lot of uh, exciting wave action and we'll have reporters and photographers out uh, tomorrow checking that out uh, for uh, our readers and, and viewers because uh, everybody should obviously be safe and not be uh, doing anything silly themselves in terms of uh, getting in, into the storm itself. We, we have people who will do that for you. Um, but, but again, these high waves, uh, I noticed some predictions for Cape Cod Bay, which gets some wave action, but is, is a little more protected than the open ocean for like 20, 22 foot waves, which is substantial. Certainly mariners are being cautioned uh, to, to be aware of the uh, pending storm. And you mentioned erosion. Obviously, we have our hot spots of erosion around the Cape that uh, that we'll be checking on. And you're talking Sandwich Town, Neck, Provincetown, uh, Chatham and, and Provincetown both got a lot of flooding during the January 4th storm. And I think they're talking about this one being worse than that one, you know, uh, by, by a significant caliber. Yeah, one of the issues the meteorologist I spoke to mentioned is that even after high tide, she said the water could have some difficulty receding because of these, you know, heavy waves that are going to be coming in, the strong winds. So even during low tide, there still could be water. Yeah, it, yeah it has trouble going back out is what I think they've found. So again, folks can check CapeCodTimes.com. We'll be updating all day tomorrow, all day Saturday. I'm sure there'll be amazing images from uh, this storm if it plays out like they're saying, um, and, and uh, plenty of video, I'm sure, too, and, and maybe we'll be talking about it next week uh, sitting here. Um, every Thursday, 9 a.m., we'll be here for CCT Live. Thanks again for joining us. In the future, we may be taking your questions, and we'll figure out uh, you know, how we can integrate that, so feel free to, to watch and, and uh, ask your questions. If you have any story tips or ideas, feel free to check uh, the CapeCodTimes.com website. All our emails are on there. Um, we are uh, where news on Cape Cod starts as far as we're concerned. And until next week, we hope you have a good morning and good luck. Thanks for watching.